Yo guys, welcome back to the Happiness Frequency. My name is Danny um, at Danny's Alchemy, and we're back. We haven't done an episode in a minute, but um, but today's episode is gonna be super special, and we're actually gonna start off with a meditation. Um, and dude, if you wanna just say your Instagram and your name, dude. Absolutely. So my name is Colton Harris, and I am one of the managers at Kava Culture. My Instagram is undefined underscore by underscore law. And uh, I kind of made that when I was younger. So mm -hmm. it just kind of stuck with me through the through the years. Cool, man. And yeah, dude, you were telling me about like this meditation. So if you want, yeah. so people can actually do the meditation. Yeah, how do we do the, the meditation? So you start from just getting some basic breaths. And, you know, I start with five seconds in through the nose. I hold five seconds. I breathe out five seconds through my mouth. Then I hold five seconds. Then that just really starts to get the blood moving. And if you do it long enough, you can actually change your blood pressure and stuff, as I have been taught anyways. So we're just going to go ahead and start. Five seconds. Cool. So five seconds in the nose. And uh, whenever I start to do my meditations, uh, based on how I was taught, I imagine that I'm breathing in from the earth for the first time, you know? So that first five seconds that you breathe in, I just imagine that I'm taking it from the earth and holding it in. Then I look up and I release it towards the sky. And then I breathe in from the sky, hold it in, release it to the earth. And that's how I really like get more engaged with meditation. And that way also allows you to kind of take your mind off things that just start popping up in your mind and all that kind of stuff. Very, um, very good for like the morning time. Whenever you just wake up, gets that blood flowing a little bit. Might do like a little stretches here and there as well. Um, but that's my basic meditation for mornings. Dude, that's awesome, bro. I'm like, I'm super, super relaxed. I hope that you guys were able to follow along with that. If you want to do it again, you can just, just rewind the podcast. But definitely been, um, like I notice, I don't know if this happens to you and to the everyone that's listening. Like when you don't meditate, your do, your day will be completely different. Yeah, I, I do notice that. Um, there is a couple of times where I forget like to do my meditations just mm -hmm. because I'm have a very busy lifestyle and with work I just get like very like slammed in. My my schedule gets very slammed throughout the day. And I'll forget to do it, and I'll realize sometimes I'll be, like, more on the nerve. I'll have more of a nerve towards things. And then I stop and realize, oh, I didn't do my meditation today. So then I do that exercise. Get it all blowing, blowing. And then it makes everything a little bit more smooth. 
Um, so dude, tell me basically, um, how did you get involved in this whole like Kava culture, like world? Because I remember, I think I found the Kava bar maybe like a year and a half ago. Yeah. I started going downtown and I found the, that one. And then I started going to the one in Bonita in Naples. Um, but yeah, how, how did this all start for you? And, um, also, if you want to share about, you know, your story with, like, yeah. spirituality and meditation, how did that all start for you? Yeah. So, my journey with Kava culture began long before Kava culture was even a thing, you know. I was friends with um, the owner's son, and we became best friends throughout high school and stuff. And we became very close, you know. And one day, it was about two years ago, actually, one day he asked me, he was like, hey, you need to come out, check the Kava bar and just see what it's like. And I was like, I don't know. Like, what's a kava bar? I've never heard about it before. Why would I ever <laughs> want to go? Yeah. And it took him a couple times of asking me for me to actually get out there and go. And as soon as I went for my first time, I realized I have to work here. Because the environment that the kava bar puts you in and the people that it surrounds you with is unlike no other, you know? And I had his mom's contact at that time. And I was just blowing her up like, hey, I, I got sales experience. I think I can handle people really well behind the bar, like all this kind of stuff. And it took me about three weeks to really like get in there. But once I did, I just started working my way up, you know, started working my way up in the company as a kava tender. And I was kava tending for about seven months. And then I went to join the Coast Guard. And whenever I was in the Coast Guard, I loved, I loved it, but I realized it wasn't my passion, and it wasn't what the universe was calling me to do in a way, you know, and with that being said, I spent nine months in the Coast Guard, six of which I was in San Francisco, California, just traveling, seeing like the Redwoods, Yosemite, seeing like all the, all there was that I could possibly see in California, you know, and one day I decided like I want to come back so during during the government shutdown the Coast Guard wasn't getting paid or anything like that you know it was about two months time and I called my dad and was like I love it but I have a very deep much deeper desire to go back to Florida and be with the people I love and do what I love you know so my dad looked into the contracts and everything and he realized that after a certain amount of not getting paid you can get out so i got out on honorable conditions and made my journey back to florida that's where i started my journey again with the coffee bar dude that is so cool man and um like what exactly i mean i'm just like interested in asking you because like i definitely felt that when, when i was just in all of the the common bars what did you feel like when you when he invited you for the first time into the Calvin Bar? I felt very welcomed, you know. There was people in there that I've never met before. And I sat down at the bar for the first time. I had a shell of kava and did my first bula. And What's really, a bula for the people oh, that yeah, don't know? Oh, yeah, for the people that I don't know. Sorry, mm-hmm. I've been so used to this lifestyle. Yeah. So bula is a Fijian tradition. It's like a toast. So traditionally... They would the tribe master would take a coconut shell, then you mm-hmm. would cut it in half yeah. and pour a cop into it. 
Then he would give it to all of his tribe members. And once all the tribe members had a shell, he would raise it up and say, Bula, as a tribe. Mm -hmm. And that pretty much means to like a good, prosperous life. There's a lot of different meanings, but that's what I take from it. A good, prosperous life, um, just like a cheers in that kind of culture. And yeah, so I did my first Bula. And I didn't feel the kava right away because kava does have a reverse tolerance. So your first time, you do got to drink a little bit more. So I had one of the kava drinks. I think it was a cinnamon toast crunch, actually. So that one Dude, was that really was good. my favorite, bro. Yeah, oh that, my was, God. that one's amazing. Tastes just like the cereal. But yeah, so I had that cinnamon toast crunch. And immediately after drinking, I just felt very relaxed, very calm. Mm -hmm. I had a very peaceful mindset you know everything was just flowing with ease and that was another thing that pushed me to do it because I realized there's so many people in the world especially nowadays that are stressed over like whether it be like their social media account or toxic relationships and stuff like that and I immediately saw the potential of what it could do for the community and how I could help the community like in their journey of trying to find happiness you know and that's pretty much what my long-term goal is with the company just to help others in any way that I can whether it be events or having like deep one-on-one conversations with them like hey man like what's happening I noticed you weren't yourself today you know like talk to me what's up mm -hmm. and then people would talk to me and tell me their problems and stuff like that and I'd be like all right you know what let's do a bullet on me and we're going to toast to living a prosperous, happy life and just move forward. And that's one of the main reasons why I love this company and my job. Dude, that's beautiful, man. Because I felt, I literally felt the, the same exact thing. Um, literally, like, yeah, it was like a year and a half ago. And, um, dude, just the people were so loving. And it's like, um, from just having a, a past of just, you know, growing up, I would drink a lot, you know, and um, just like very, very destructive. Like it, it, it got really, really dark there for a while. And um, but that that, you know, aspect of like just being around people and the socializing and meeting new people, I think is something that there's something positive to be rescued there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I feel like as humans we need that human connection you know? absolutely we desire that in any type of way and i feel like sometimes alcohol um is really just a social lubricant that's really what it is yeah. right because most people they have they carry anxiety or trauma or those problems with them and, and it gives them uh, that like gateway to exactly get out there and express themselves exactly, exactly. and uh that's why I like kava, you know, because kava does affect the same receptors as alcohol does. It's the GABA receptors, but it doesn't make you feel like drunk or tipsy or anything like that. You know, you can still have as many shells as you want pretty much and leave in a positive, uplifting mood and not have to worry about like all these other bad things that can happen whenever you drink that much alcohol compared to the kava that you drink. So... Kind of walk me through where exactly does kava come from and where did okay. it uh, like originate? Okay, yeah. 
So, kava originates from the southern Pacific Islands, like Hawaii, Fiji, Solomon around there. And there's many different types. Some are grown in volcanic ash, and some are grown in just the tropics, you know. And the tribes, I can't remember the exact story to it, but the tribes found it one day, and they ground it up and made, like, a drink out of it, which mm-hmm. is what kava is today. And it's just been in their tradition and their ceremonies, like, ever since. So it's a root, Yeah, it's a, it's a pepper root, yeah. Okay. And then what they would do in those cultures is they find the root and then they, they pulverize it, they make it into yeah, ash. Yeah, yeah. So there's many different ways, and depending on, like, what island, it all depends on, like, how it's made. Some people will chew the root up and spit it, and then that's how they would make the kava. But um, obviously for many reasons, we don't do that, you know. We just, <laughs> <laughs> we just get the uh, micronized powder, and then uh, we strain it out, uh, whisk it up a little bit, add the right temperature of water, put it in the fridge, and then it's good for consumption after that. And there's also, so there's kava and there's kratom. Yeah. Right? And then kratom has a little bit of a different function. It hits other receptors in the yeah. brain. Yeah, I can't remember the exact receptors, but... Um, I think kratom, it's the opioid receptors or something? Uh, yeah. Is it those? Oh, yeah, that, it that's might it. be those? Yeah, the opioid receptors. Um, yeah, so kratom hits the opioid receptors, but it's not opiate itself. Mm-hmm. So kratom originates from the southeastern Asia, like Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, around there. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny, but they would actually do the same thing. You know, they would chew the leaf up, mm-hmm. then spit it into a cup, and then drink it from there. But um, Kratom's first use that I can remember of was with the workers there because the, the big corporate companies would give the workers Kratom leaves and they would chew on it throughout the day and it would make them more energized and more focused in that work environment or more relaxed, you know, depending on whether you had the red strain, which is like the relaxation and customers also use it for pain relief, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then you got the white strain, which is energizing, like a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And the green strain, which is my personal favorite, is for like the mood and joy. And does have a little euphoria to it as well. Gotcha. I think I'm actually drinking... Well, right now, I think I ordered the, the white one. Mm-hmm. The white one is really good. Yeah, I'm drinking the green right now. The green. <laughs> so green is more like euphoria? Euphoric? Uh, like an euphoric y- more, more than the others. So with Kratom, they all kind of have the same properties and the same effects but the say the red strain it has a more relaxing effect than the white strain does it's more of like a sedative would you um say? yeah like more like chill yeah, so, vibe. so the red strain is but kratom is a very tricky plant so in small doses it is a stimulant and in large doses it's a sedative and oh, i've never heard okay. of a plant to do something like that but that's interesting yeah the nature just works out its ways you know and provides these amazing medicines that's amazing yeah um and so so the kava so how did this become like such a like how did it explode almost out of nowhere like i just feel like it was it kept growing and growing and growing how did it get started like get so big and and everything like that where was the the first one that you guys made so the first one we had was in Bonita Springs, Florida, and uh, I can actually talk about how it all began from the beginning with yeah. the owners and everything, if you'd like. So there's two owners, there's Jacqueline and Caroline, and Caroline had the idea because she used to work on 
um, boats, being like a stewardess or firsthand mate, you know, just doing stuff around the uh, stuff around the boats, working for millionaires and stuff. And she would go and travel the world, and she would stop in these places in the world that had copper bars. And she oh, had that okay. vision from there, like this would be so amazing to bring it to America, you know, and see what effects it can have on the people here. And lo and behold, there is already a couple copper bars in the St. Pete area, which is actually the number one capital in the U.S., if I'm not mistaken, for copper bars, like, per capital, you know? Like, most copper bars in that little location in the city. Oh, like, they have a ton of them? In yeah, the yeah, they got, like, 30-some of them oh, in there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they got, like, 30-some uh, copper bars over there. Um, we actually just took a kava crawl not too long ago, mm -hmm. and we took our employees, you know, some of the best of the best, just to go and experience what all these other kava bars are like. So we all hopped in the Tesla, um, that was Jacqueline's Tesla, and we mm -hmm. drove up from Fort Myers to St. Petersburg, and just went traveling around that whole area. So we stopped by um, Grassroots, Mad Hatter's, uh, Muddy Water, and uh, my personal favorite was Mad Hatter's, just because it has that kind of environment and that scene, you know. Do 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 you want to pause it real quick? Yeah. Let's see. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is just part two. We had to cut it for a second, but we were talking about the Kava Crawl. Yeah. So I think I was talking about one of my favorite Kava bars, which was Mad Hatter's, and the reason why it's one of my favorites is because. One, it's one of the older Kava bars there, you know, mm -hmm. has that very well-built community. And they have a lot of really great events, you know. They have one called the Flow Night. I believe it happens every Wednesday. And it's a bunch of fire dancers and hula hoop artists. This is in St. Pete? Yeah, St. Okay. Petersburg. Okay. It happens uh, every Wednesday. Um, they do, like, a lot of poi and stuff like that. And I actually got up there to see it one time, and it was just amazing, you know. The community there like you can walk up to any person that's a stranger they've never seen before and you'll leave as best friends that's one thing <laughs> one thing I really love about the cop bars you know though every time you go into one you'll never have a feeling of bad energy mm -hmm. it's always positive and uplifting and that's in itself is like a blessing you know because especially like nowadays there's not many places where you can go and add a bar atmosphere mm -hmm. and have something that's going to relax you or have a place where you can meet new acquaintances and build long-lasting friendships from that yeah that was i mean that was that was like what i was saying before um that it's like you go to a bar and like bars are fun obviously yeah. you know there's a lot going on like socially um but definitely just like sometimes it depends like the of the place like the actual bar that you go to because it's usually like a heavy, there's like heavier energy there, you know, very unbalanced energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the beautiful thing about this is that it gives it like, if you come during the day, it's super chill. Mm -hmm. And then at night, like today, for example, you guys have the EDM night. Yeah, yeah. We which definitely, is amazing. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, during the day, it's definitely like the chiller vibe, you know. But during the night, like me personally, as the event manager and mm -hmm. coordinator, I like to get up and dance a little bit and get that EDM vibe going you know mm -hmm. and with these DJ nights and even like the wellness fair we have DJs that play from 10 to close you know it just provides like a nice switch of the atmosphere you know you go from that chill relaxed vibe to that 
all right, let's get up, let's dance, let's move around, you know. Um, let's listen to some good music. Um, then at the Fort Myers Beach Bar, we have an open mic night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to create this event and really put it out there for the community mm-hmm. was because I've had a lot of people come to me and say they didn't have opportunities to express themselves, whether they be vendors and their artwork, you know, yeah. or very, very, very talented musicians mm-hmm. that just never had that first leap, you know, that first chance to jump out there in front of a crowd. And getting someone in there that's never had that chance before, and then hearing the reactions of the crowd and the audience cheering them on is an amazing feeling to me because I know that in the end of the day, my job is complete. Like, I helped out. I helped someone, you know? And it's very, very fulfilling feeling. What exactly is the the wellness... Uh the wellness where where do you guys do that do you guys do it on, on the yeah, the yeah so we do beach? it at the Fort Myers Beach location mm-hmm. um, I started that about three months ago uh, the first time I just called it the block party mm-hmm. just as like a test run to see like what kind of people would come and then we could build it from there for sure and then I had a lot of yogis and meditation people come and I was like light bulb wellness fair so I named it the Wellness Fair, and I actually got it in the local newspaper. And pretty much the Wellness Fair is just based on anything and everything wellness, you know, whether it be meditation, yoga, Reiki, um, holistic foods, um, vendors and crafts, you know. Um, pretty much just, like I said, anything wellness fits, you know. That, that's what it's all about. It's a very communal day, you know, for everyone to get out and express themselves. We have uh, live music going on from 6 p.m. to 10. Then, like I said earlier, the DJs kick on for that night crowd. And uh, we also get some fire dancers, some hula hoop artists, um, just anything and everything that you could think of that is related to wellness pretty much is going to be there. And how has it been so far? Like, how do you feel like the, the people have like reacted to the fair so far? Oh, it's it's been amazing, to be honest. I've had uh, many, many people come up to me and say it's like a own little mini festival that's mm-hmm. just like the community, you know? And they were so thankful to have a place to be where they feel safe and they can express themselves. And uh, that is definitely um, one of the better to best parts of my job, you know? I say that many times, but that's really <laughs> how I feel, you know. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's beautiful to to wake up every day and do something that you love. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's more important than anything. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people ask me, like, how can you work so much? Like, how can you put in, like, as many hours as you are? And I always tell them, like, if you love, and I mean, like, truly love what you're doing, and you have a passion for doing it, then you're not really working, you know? You're doing something that makes you happy something that brings joy to your world and it's very something that should be cherished you know i especially in like today's society society i don't believe people have enough opportunities to be happy you know some people are in student debt or people have a job that they dread going to every day Mm. and whenever i hear stories like that it really hits me deep you know because 
one, I realize that I shouldn't be taking anything for granted, you know? Everything that's been given to me and all the blessings that I've been able to achieve for myself and the community um, has really touched my heart, you know? It's made me a whole different person in a way. Because I used to be that guy that would care about what people thought about him, mm-hmm. would care about how many likes he got on social media. The validation. The validation, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to care about all of that, but I stopped, you know? I was trying to... I was on a journey to find who I am and what I'm meant to be, and I feel like I've found that. And you were also telling me, too, that you have, like, a sensei or, like, a spiritual master... How did that uh how did that come into your life and how did you yeah. start like seeking out like spirituality? Um I wouldn't call him as much a spiritual master, mm-hmm. but uh, his name is uh Eddie Rose. Shout out to him. Mm-hmm. He's a very very well-built individual. He's been training in martial arts his whole life. Um he is a grandmaster in Qigong, Qigong, oh, Qigong. Qigong. Yeah, Qigong. Yeah, Qigong. Mm-hmm. Um, all different kinds of martial arts and an energy work as well. So he really teaches me how to meditate properly, like that exercise earlier. Um, he, his goal is to turn his students into what a true man is, you know. And in reality, people have, in my opinion, a different version of what a man is. And my version of what a man is is someone who is gentle and kind and loving but whenever need be he can release that inner monster to protect him or his family you know and that's what he tries to teach me throughout the lessons and the trainings and everything and how did you did you meet him at the cover bar or what did you yeah yeah so i met him when i was just a cop attender and we became friends then he started uh doing practices and he made his own school called the tiger flower school and he asked me one day would you like to train with me? And I was already looking into trying to train martial arts and everything, and it just kind of came out to be one another one of those blessings, you know, blessings in disguise. <laughs> just kept going with it, and we'll keep going. Dude, that's crazy. I went to I actually went to a a qigong seminar yeah. in uh, I think it was in. It was like near Miami. There's like a place near Miami. It starts with a B. Uh, Bradenton? Bradenton. That sounds familiar. Something like that. Bradenton, Bradenton. I don't know the Miami area too well, but that does sound... It was was around there. It was like maybe like, yeah, like two hours away from here, like the Naples area. And uh, bro, it was crazy. Because I didn't, I, I had never, I didn't even know what Qigong was at the time. And, um... It was just very eye-opening, you know, to see 2,000 people all, like, breathing together. Yeah. You know, that sounds like the, like, very, like, hippie and everything like that. But just, like, I remember in one of the exercises we did, it was maybe, like, 50 or 60 people, and we were all holding hands in a circle. And we were just breathing together. And you could literally just, like, feel your body, like, charging up with energy. Yeah, they did that, um, I can't remember what festival it was. It happened a couple months ago, but, uh, one of my... Is it Okeechobee? No, no it was in, uh, 
Tennessee or something like that. Bonnaroo? Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. There you go. Yeah, Bonnaroo. yeah, yeah. Yeah, a couple of my employees, a couple of my employees went there and they had this group meditation where it, it was pretty much exactly what you described, you know, they were all were breathing in and letting it go and just going with the flow in many ways, you know. And one of my coworkers, Allie, actually took a video of it and she showed me and I could just feel it, you know. There was thousands of people all gathered around that in a way came to one being, you know. And the way that she was describing it to me was magical. Dude, that's amazing, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely in this community, like, you see a lot of, uh, like, yoga teachers, meditation teachers, and um, I'm just, I'm really happy because, like, I think people's energy will attract more of that energy, you know, and this is definitely just a great place to meet people, to learn from people. Um, I I could say from personal experience, I've met, like, my best friends here. Mm, really? Which is amazing, yeah. I, honestly, I love to hear that kind of stuff. Dude, Because I've met some of my best friends and lifelong friends here, you know? Exactly, exactly. Um, and it's literally just been from, like, oh, well, do I stay at home and do I just, like, chill, like, by myself? Or do I go and read or do I go to the gym? Or do I go out and yeah. get out of my comfort zone and meet people? Um, and it's literally been like that that I've like met like the fucking greatest people yeah. ever. Yeah. Absolutely. There's actually um a lot of stories that have touched my heart in many ways that I believe couldn't have happened without the coffee bar, you know? And one was of this guy named Dan and he used to come to the downtown Fort Myers coffee bar. Mm-hmm. And Dan, whenever he first met us, he was homeless. And he didn't have much going for him, you know. It's just life had him burnt out in many ways. And he became friends with a lot of the kava tenders, with the community that goes there. And as a community, they all pitched in and paid for his first month's rent at a place, at an apartment or a complex, something like that. And that allowed him to get up and off his feet and not be homeless anymore. Then they gave him that encouragement and support and helped him find a job. And then he was able to buy his first bike, so he had transportation. Um, and then eventually, I believe he was able to buy a car as well. I haven't uh, seen him around lately, but I'm all, I always wish the best for him. And seeing stuff like that happen, it's it's magical, man. Like Seeing someone's life go from dirt poor to where they have nothing to an actual sustainable healthier lifestyle is in many ways something that will never be forgotten you know and everyone that helped him on his journey to become like the best that he can be i will personally always be thankful to thankful to them what's your your the like the vision that you have or like kind of just like what you want to like create for the Kava culture and, and like the people involved like all like the, the young people and just everybody that comes here what's like the vision that you see for it so I have a vision of making our community well known for being that community they can go out and have a positive attitude towards anything you know even if you're having a bad day 
you can still come to one of the bars or even meet up with some of the individuals that come to the bars mm -hmm. and share laughter and happiness and joy. And my big vision is to one day own a couple of my own kava bars and just work from there, you know. I plan on opening a couple um, in Costa Rica. Yeah, in like high. you told me yeah. about that. That's yeah, right. that, that's, that's like right. my big vision right there. Dude, shout out to everybody from Costa Rica. Yeah, that's absolutely. Awesome. We were talking about that, and you said you had some friends there and some yeah, connections. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, I plan on opening one in Costa Rica in a heavily touristed area because what is the one thing whenever you're on vacation and a tourist that you want to do? Sort of relax. You want to relax? Yeah. And you want to try something new because that's why you're getting out, you know? So I think a cop bar there would be amazing, you know? I still have to uh, do a lot of research into seeing, like, whether or not cava and kratom can be allowed in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. But um, that's just one of my big visions and dreams because I've, always, I've um, had a couple people that traveled there and even to Thailand. I had a couple friends from the Coast Guard that went to Thailand. Mm -hmm. And that really sparked my sense of adventure and what I really want to do with my life. And what I really want to do, as many people who are listening as well, is travel and see the world and see in the different cultures, you know. And uh, one prime example of that, whenever I was in the Coast Guard and in boot camp, actually, I had uh, one of my best friends that I've ever had. His name was Reese. And Reese was 26. And before the Coast Guard, he would go and travel the world and he showed me these and showed me these um videos and stories of his travels to Thailand and he got to volunteer at an elephant sanctuary and he stayed there for a whole week free of charge what? and he got to bathe the elephants in the rivers and of course he had to do like the shitty jobs too like cleaning up <laughs> after elephants you know yeah, pun yeah, intended yeah. um but Dude, that sounds magical. Yeah, that itself, man. That's uh, I plan on going there very, very soon. Just Thailand? to go, yeah, just to go experience it. And one of the things he told me that has been sticking in my mind is whenever he went and traveled and saw that, it opened his eyes because he's been because well for me it opened my eyes as well because I've been in America my whole life. I've never seen the diversity of cultures like what it's like and. He said that it just completely changed his mindset, you know, realizing that there are different people in this world and that it's not all about negativity. Because in Thailand, he said they were some of the most friendly people that he's ever met in his life. Mm -hmm. He had uh, local villagers at the elephant sanctuary that he was at. They had nothing. They didn't have technology. They didn't have power. Well, some of them did, but the one that invited him him into their home didn't yeah and they made him like a tea and gave him a, a meal and everything and uh the father actually spoke very little english but enough to where he could kind of understand him in a way you know and that opened my mind in a way because if you were in america like the chances of that happening to you in america are very slim because everyone's like always has that watchful eye out, you know, always suspecting, like, the evil and the person to come out. And that's another reason why I want to travel, to see that for I, myself. That reminds me so much of, um, I had uh, Nick on, shout out to Nick on Ken. Um, 
he was he was the person I interviewed before this, and I remember him telling me when I think it was he went to Africa. Africa, really? Africa, yeah, which is like fucking very far. Mm-hmm. Um, and him going there and for a while being very depressed because when he went there, these people have nothing. They don't even have food, and they're happy, and they're like running around, like you know, just being playful and enjoying yeah. life. And then he came here, and it's like. You know, you order your coffee wrong, and then there's somebody like yelling at you. Oh, you didn't make my coffee yeah. right. You didn't make my drink right. Or just people like getting mad in traffic for no reason. You know. Yeah. And I think that I don't know. At least something that I want to do. You know, even with this, with the podcast, and and just like what I'm creating, is to bring more humanity, like in not only into America but just all around the world, and just show people that we're just one. You know, there's nothing wrong with, like, going and helping someone. There's nothing yeah, wrong absolutely. with saying to someone, like, I love you. You know, I think we we need more humanity and more uh, human connection, you know. Because, I don't know if it happens to you, but, dude, the phone, it, your phone is literally like a fucking drug. It's the, yeah. new, it's the new drug. Yeah, you're always addicted to it. There was a, I went out to eat the other day, and I was kind of looking around, and I was with a couple of my friends, and they're my friends because they're very sociable, loving people, and they're not always on their phones either, you know? And we were the only table out of, like, 20 tables that weren't on their phones. There, I looked to the table next to me, and there was a whole family. And when the father was on his phone, the wife, and the kid had an iPad on. And I was like, dude, how are you guys ever going to know each other if you can't even talk when you ever go out to be with each other, you know? And that was very, like, shocking to me, very eye-opening, you know. It is. And I've realized it a lot more whenever I go out to places, you know. Even in, like, clubs and stuff, you know. People go there to, quote-unquote, dance and meet people. Mm-hmm. But half the people there are on their phones just looking around like, oh, like, do you think I could dance with her? Uh, probably not. I don't think I can. <laughs> you know, they're lacking that confidence, man. Yeah. And I think that has a large bit to deal with that social media aspect you know because i met this girl on instagram and we became pretty good friends yeah and we were talking and i went through like her feed and everything and she seemed like the best person in the world like she travels all of her pictures are happy She's smiling. Like, you were interested in, like, befriending her or dating her? Oh, I was just interested in, like, being friends and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, She had a very active lifestyle, and that's what I look for in my friends, you know? People that I can go out and travel with. For sure. So I was just, I was messaged her one day, and I was like, hey, like, how do you get to go and travel all these places? And she told me she gets to do it because of her dad's money and stuff, you know? Then I actually met her in person. And it was the complete opposite, you know, because on her Instagram, she seemed to be this super happy, joyful person that loves the world. But when I met her in person, she was depressed. She was sad. Mm. She wasn't humble. She wasn't grateful. And it really opened my eyes to what people can really do with social media. You know, they present a false life to try and attract others. And that that was another eye-opening experience for me as well. You seem like you're very, like, very passionate about all of this. Where do you, 
did how did that always come? Did, did, did this like always exist like from like from past years or like how did you get so so passionate about like people and serving people? Because I think it's something very important. Well, so with me, I had a very hard and life changing experience. Um, whenever I was young, about thirteen years old. My little sister got diagnosed with cancer, and she was only in fifth grade, and she had it for two years, and then she got remissioned, which means that she lost cancer, and I was going throughout my middle school years, got into high school, and about a year and a half after that, she got cancer again, and whenever she got again, it came back like even worse, you know, and it was very, very detrimental to me, like I became someone that I never want to become again, you know? I was hateful, I was distraught, I was sad, I was angry. Like, all the bad emotions were all, like, stuffed and jammed into me. And I had to see her on morphine, screaming in pain every day, you know? And I was praying, like, that she would get better, and eventually she ended up passing away when I was 17. And it went through a couple months of me, like, hating myself because I thought I could have spent more time with her. I thought I could have done more, been a better brother, um, spend less time with friends. But um, I had a talk with my dad one day. My dad is a very wise person. He was telling me, like, in that time, whenever she had that and I was going through that and had to see that every day that was like my coping mechanism you know to get out of that environment and be with friends and everything and through actually meditation it helped me sorry um it helped me tremendously to see what I want for myself and what I want for others and it took a while but that ended up turning all those bad emotions and fears and the anxiety and I flipped it around and turned it into a drive and I turned it into something that was a tool so whenever I get mad whenever I get upset I stop I look on it why am I mad why am I upset like what is causing this okay I figured that out okay now can how can I turn that around and flip it the other way. How can I turn this anxiety into happiness? How can I do that? And the one way that I figured out that worked the best for me was helping others. Getting out of that self-centered ego, you know, and becoming a selfless person. Of course, you still have to care about yourself. You still have to love yourself. And some things that people consider selfish aren't selfish um it's just building your character you know you got to find out who you are in this world and what you're meant to do and how you can do it and that's where all my passion came from was that horrific loss that I had to endure and go through and having that change you know losing my only sibling that I've ever had and I'll never have one again like most people, most people, in my opinion, would p 
put themselves in a hole that they would never get out of. And I've seen too many people, family, you know, relatives, close friends go through a loss and it's changed them forever and not the best ways. And I realized that I didn't want to do that. My life can be so much better, so much more graceful if I can make that U-turn and turn it around. And that's where all my passion and love for my job and the community and others came from. Wow, man. Dude, thank you so much for sharing that. I think to everybody listening, thank you guys so much for just, you know, just being here with us because that's what I love about doing this. It's like, it's you, it's me, and then it's literally the world listening. And, um, and dude, that's beautiful. I'm, re- I'm sorry for your loss, bro. And, and I know that must have been hard, but I'm really happy for you that you took the right attitude, you know? Yeah. And I tell that to a lot of people that I talk to, you know? Like, it seems like the end of the world whenever you're going through the blunder and going through all this bullshit that life throws at you. But it's not. You will get through it. You will become a better person from it, and you will learn from it as long as you can keep yourself on the right path. And that's what I try and do with my friends, with my family. Like, it still hurts my mom and my dad every time we pull up an old photo or something like that. And I have to be that brick for them, you know? Remind them that she lived the best life that she ever could have. And she was happy, of course, not whenever all that shit was going through. But she's in a better place now. And just being that, with her being their only sibling that's left, just giving that them that res- support and the love that they need has helped turn their lives around too, you know? Well, man, thank you so much for that. And um, I know that out of, you know, any dark moment, you know, that anybody's going through, um, out of darkness always comes light. You know, there's always, Absolutely. there's always light on the other side. And yeah, to just everybody that's listening, if you're going through a great time or a hard time, just remember that it's all temporary. Absolutely. And um, to just enjoy the journey. You yeah. will... 100% suffer less just like you did dude so. absolutely and uh if anyone ever wants to talk to me um talk about my experiences or talk about their experiences with me you can always find me at one of the cop bars or I mentioned my um Instagram name mm-hmm. shoot me a text you know Sh- I mean shoot me a DM mm-hmm. uh you can get my number get my snapchat I'm always here for the people you know thank you dude that means a lot man and um and yeah dude I'm I'm very excited that you know all these cobble bars exist in Florida. I'm really happy that you get to be a part of that. And, uh, dude, I want to just thank you for doing this. It means Absolutely. A lot. Thank you and, for doing uh, what you do. I think you're getting it out to the world, you know, helping better the world one podcast at a time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, bro. Absolutely. Thanks for everything, man. Absolutely. Peace. Guys, thank you so much for, for listening. And um, we have more podcasts coming out very, very soon. Um, we're probably going to do a podcast with, uh, the owners possibly, um, coming soon. Um, so that's going to be very fun hearing it from their perspective, how they started everything. And, uh, yeah, guys, definitely check it out. I don't know, um, where you guys are right now, but for the Florida people, 
Um, I think if you just Google Kava culture, Kava culture, yeah, yeah Kava culture, Kava bar, something like that, it'll pop up on Google. Um, and yeah, make sure to check them out. It's a really cool place to meet friends, people, um, just have a great time. They're always having events all the time, like uh, EDM nights and open mics. Um, so yeah, come check it out. Love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the happiness frequency. Um, if you guys want to check out my Instagram as well, it's at Danny's Alchemy. And uh, and if you want to just plug in your Insta one more time, just so people yeah, can. Yeah, my Insta is undefined underscore by underscore law. Awesome, bro. Thank you, guys. Dude, thank you so much. Love you guys. Peace.